Ladies and gentlemen, the secret word tonight is wall. W-A-L-L. Really? You bet your life. The more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers of America present Groucho Marx in You'll Bet Your Life, the comedy quiz series produced and transcribed from Hollywood. And here he is, the one, the only... That's me, Groucho Marx. Here I am again with $1,500 for one of our couples tonight. Uh, Deacon Fenneman, who's first to try for the $1,500? Well, just before we went on the air, we asked if there were any young single people present tonight who'd like to get married someday if they found the right person. And here are the two selected from our studio audience, Miss Ruth Meston and Mr. Joe Anderson. Come in here and meet Groucho Marx. Well, welcome, welcome, kids, for the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you'll find around the house. Ruth uh, Meston, huh? That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, how old are you, Ruth? I'm 21. 21, huh? Mm-hmm. You don't look it. You look like about 20 and a half, huh? <laughs> and uh, uh, Joe Anderson, is that right? That's right. Uh, how old are you, Joe? 29. 29? My uh, decrepit age. <laughs> Where are you from, Joe? I'm from Panther Creek, Idaho, just north of Sun Valley. Uh, you're not married, Joe? No. Oh, well, certainly I can't ask you how you met your wife, can I? <laughs> how did you meet your wife, Joe? <laughs> I haven't. What kind of work do you do, Joe? Well, I'm a guide, fishing and hunting guide. Oh, what kind of work do you do, uh, Ruth? Oh, I work in Woolworths, five and ten cent store. You're not married either, uh, No, I'm Ruth? not. Suppose no. if you found a nice, attractive fellow, you'd be interested in him? I surely would. Well, look no further. Get a load of this profile. Well, maybe I can wait a little while longer. (laughs) These women are all alike. I got the same answer from Grandma Moses. (laughs) How about Joe here? Would you say uh, he's a likely candidate? He looks very nice. You're in more of a hurry to get married now than you were a minute ago, eh? <laughs> You women are all alike. You all prefer dashing young men. Fortunately, there are women who still prefer refined elderly men. <laughs> oh, they have their good qualities, too. They often have money. They're dignified. They sleep a lot during the day. And if you hide their eyeglasses, you always know where they are. <laughs> Joe, uh, would you like to get married? Oh, sure. Why? Well, they say you live longer. It just seems longer, Joe. (laughs) And you say you're a a guide? What sort of work do you do, specifically? Well, I take parties, guests, and take them out on hunting trips and fishing trips. Where do you do your guiding, Joe? Up in the primitive area of Idaho. Primitive area? Yes. How, just how primitive is it? Uh, well, it's uh, seven million acres in the center of Idaho that doesn't have any roads through it. It's full of uh, great fishing and hunting. Joe, if there aren't any roads, how do you get around up there? Uh, I practically live on a horse. I see. Ruth, how would you like to get married and live on a horse with Joe? <laughs> a nice three-room horse with that. <laughs> 
get these two together even if they loathe each other. <laughs> Joe, as a guide in the primitive area, what's the biggest thrill you ever had? Well, I think the first time I went down through the impassable canyon and the river of no return in a rubber boat. He sounds like Cucal, Fran, and Ollie. <laughs> Joe, I'm afraid you've spent too much time alone in the forest. What, what are you... <laughs> just, just what are you talking about? Well, the middle fork of the Salmon River is in the spring. Now, what kind of... Is that smoked salmon or is that... No, fresh salmon. Oh. The salmon swim upstream? That's right. Well, how do they swim upstream in those little cans? I never... (laughs) Well, tell me about this river of no return. Well, we we take boat trips down through it, and the reason it's called the river of no return is uh, because no one has ever made a return trip up the river. Well, then there must be millions of people up there, huh? <laughs> you take people up there and that's the last you ever see them? No, well, we take them down the river. They, they take them down the up. river, huh? They don't go back up. Now, Ruth, uh, uh, do you get a vacation on your job? Yes, once a year. I see. And, uh, Joe, what attractions does the primitive area have for honeymooners? Oh, great hunting and fishing. Well, that sounds wonderful for a couple of newly married rainbow trout. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure to have you two on the program. And, Joe, if I ever want to go hunting, I'll drop into the 5 and 10 and hunt for Ruth here. <laughs> now, in just one minute, you're going to play your bet your life for a chance at the $1,500 question. But right now, I want you to pay attention to a matter of great importance. You know, friends, over the years, DeSoto has built a lot of really great cars. And this year's DeSoto is the greatest car DeSoto ever built. If you've had a ride in it, you know why. No other car, that's right, I said no other car, rides like a DeSoto. You relax in comfort on those chair-high seats, and you take even the roughest roads with ease. It's just like floating on air when you ride in the new DeSoto. And here's why. DeSoto has the sensational Auraflow shock absorbers that really smooth out the worst bumps you can find. DeSoto has the famous cradled ride, where all passengers ride cradled comfortably between front and rear wheels. DeSoto has a whole host of wonderful new features that together give you the most wonderful ride it's ever been your pleasure to enjoy. That's why so many, many folks are saying, no other car rides like a DeSoto. Why not stop in and see it at your DeSoto Plymouth dealers? And remember, all dealers who sell DeSoto also sell Plymouth, the value jewel of the low-priced field. All right, now let's see how you make out in the quiz. George? Uh, Mr. Fenneman, would you mind explaining the rules? You bet as much of your $20 as you want on each of four questions, and the couple that earns the most money gets a chance at the $1,500 DeSoto Plymouth question at the end of the show. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You select the stars of hit pictures of 1950. Here's your first question. How much of the 20 will you try? 15. One of our finest actors had the title role in Father of the Bride. What is his name? Spencer Tracy. Spencer Tracy is right. Well, you're off to a good start. You have $35. Remember, you're going for $1,500 tonight. Now, how much of the 35 are you going to risk? Thirty. Thirty. $30. What great yeah. Broadway star played the title role in Serena de Bergerac? Oh, Jose Ferrer. Jose Ferrer. <laughs> you 
$65. Here's your third question. How much of the 65? 60. Okay, 60. $60. <laughs> Who starred in Harvey? Uh, James Stewart. Jimmy Stewart is right. <laughs> really on your way, you have $125. Here's your last chance to beat the other couples. How much of the $125? Okay, $125. You're going to bet it all? Yeah. <laughs> Joe, you may have to go back to Idaho on a salmon. <laughs> <laughs> what English actress starred opposite Stuart Granger in King Solomon's Mines? Uh, Deborah Kerr. Deborah Kerr! <laughs> and you wind up with $250. Thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Groucho, because this is uh, public school week, we invited some principals to the program tonight... And just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected Mr. Robert Purdy. His partner is a housewife from the studio audience, Mrs. Elizabeth Ramish. And here they are. Folks, come in here and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome, kids, to your Bet Your Life. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you'll find around the house. Uh, let's see now. Mr. Purdy, you're, you're the principal, huh? Yes. Uh, where are you from? Uh, Carver Junior High School in Los Angeles. You were born right in Carver Junior High School? <laughs> Were you afraid you'd be late for school? <laughs> no, my hometown is uh, Whitefish, Montana. Whitefish, Montana? <laughs> this show sounds like an aquarium tonight. <laughs> well, where are you from, Mrs. Ramish? Oh, I come from Dresden, Germany. From Dresden, Germany? That's right. Oh, I used to live on the outskirts of Dresden, Germany. I was half Dresden, Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how long have you been away from Dresden? Oh, since 1923. And what sort of work does your husband do? He's a hairdresser. A hairdresser? Mm-hmm. That sounds like a German name, hairdresser. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's possible. Well, how did you meet him? Did you pull the wool over his eyes? No, I didn't pull the wool over his eyes. I tell you, I was, a, uh, I was in this country five days and took a job as a physician as a nurse to two children. We spend our vacation in Lackawaxen, Delaware River. Where? In Lackawaxen, on the Delaware River. Oh. Well, we're and back with the fish again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, of course, couldn't go out in the evening. I had to watch the children, so I used to sit on a fire escape. One evening, all of a sudden, something scared me to death. Um, <laughs> well, were you waiting for this? Or? No, I wasn't waiting for this. I was just sitting there, minding my own business, watching the stars and the moon. Something flew over the fence, and it looked very much like a rag. A rag flew over the fence? Yeah. <laughs> and, um... Was it the rag of the Hesperus, or just a... <laughs> it was just a plain rag. A plain rag, yeah. That's right. Well, what happened? Well, the rag had feet, and a young man stood before me, and he said, I beg your pardon. Of course, I didn't know what he was talking about, but anyway, he stood there kind of impressed, and he was holding the uh, back of his pants. <laughs> he had split him by getting, uh, being thrown over the fence. Oh, I see. You see, a, a he donkey... He split weeks, huh? Oh, no, a donkey kicked him over the fence. <laughs> so... You and the donkey got married, is that? <laughs> well, let's talk about your school, Prince. Let's see, what was the name of the school you're principal of? Well, I'd better be careful with my grammar. I 
Did, did I split my subjunctive? <laughs> uh, I, I do think you ended your sentence with a preposition, though. I did. How did that preposition ever sneak in? How would you do it, Principal? Well, uh, of, of which school are you principal? You're confused. I'm not principal of any school. <laughs> you are. At least that's the story you're spreading around. <laughs> and, Prince, I think you are spreading around, too. <laughs> Let's get back to my question. Of which school are you the principal of? <laughs> Don't they nullify each other? Harvard Junior High School. Now, tell me, Mr. Purdy, by the way, Mr. sounds so formal. Would you mind being called Bob? No, that's all right. Are you sure you don't mind being called Bob? Oh, no, I, I kind of like it. Attention, all pupils of Carver High. <laughs> Next time you get sent down to see the principal, remember, he wants you to call him Bob. <laughs> Mr. Purdy, which gives you the most trouble, students, teachers, or parents? <laughs> Answering that question would give me more trouble than anything I can think of. <laughs> you realize, of course, that you just split an infinitive. <laughs> I said you didn't expect that from you. Aren't you a little, aren't aren't you a little embarrassed? Yeah, well, I could say that that's becoming common English usage. Well, perhaps, Mr. Purdy, but on this show, we'd prefer that you didn't split your infinity. <laughs> you see, we have many impressionable children listening, and you're setting an unforgivably poor example. <laughs> I want you to stay after the program and write a hundred times on the blackboard, I am a schlemiel. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's been enlightening having a principal here. It's the first time we ever had any principals on this program. <laughs> and now you're going to play your bet you like. You're on your $20 and more than our other coppers, and you'll get a crack at the $1,500 question. Mr. Fenneman is offstage to remind our listeners how much the first couple won. The girl from the 5 and 10 and the guide from Idaho won $250. Here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected North American rivers. You ought to be pretty good at this, Bob. Here's your first question. How much of the 20 will you bet? 15. Okay. okay. 15. $15, huh? What is the name of the river that Mark Twain wrote about? Mississippi. Mississippi is right. <laughs> and you're off to a good start. You have $35. Remember, you're going for $1,500 tonight. Now, how much of the 35 are you going to try? 30. <laughs> he says 30. $30. What is the name of the Alaskan River that served as a highway for the gold miners? Yukon. Yukon is right. <laughs> Now you climb the $65. How much will you bet? You have 60 to $65. Okay. She's against it. She says 60 What is the name of the river that separates the United States from Mexico? Rio Grande. Rio Grande is correct. <laughs> now you climb the $125. Hey, they must really teach you something in that school you go to. <laughs> she said 120 Mrs. Ramish, if you don't let go of him, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell that raggedy husband on you. <laughs> All right, here we go. 120. Boulder Dam forms Lake Mead, the largest man-made lake in the world. What is the name of the river that supplies the water to this lake? Colorado. The Colorado River. The Colorado River is the Wind up with $245. Thanks to the Soda Plymouth dealer. 
Well, Groucho, uh, we invited some uh, girls who work for the telephone company to our program tonight. And just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected Miss Gretchen Adam. Her uh, partner is a man who answered our newspaper advertisement for people with unusual stories to tell. He's Mr. Al Jennings. Folks, meet Groucho Marx. Well, howdy do and welcome for the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you'll find around the house. You work for the telephone company, Miss uh, Adam? Yes. Where are you from, uh, Gretchen? Santa Monica. And how old are you? 24. 24. Well, you don't look it. You look like 23 and a half. <laughs> Mr. Al Jennings, uh, uh, when were you born? I arrived in the middle of the Civil War. You mean you were shot out of a cannon? <laughs> You're not, uh, you're not General Grant, are you? No, I'm Stonewall Jackson. Oh. Okay. <laughs> how, how old are you, Mr. Jennings? Eighty-seven years. <laughs> you certainly don't look it. I thought you were about twenty-three and a half. Apparently, you've taken very good care of yourself. Yes, I've only been shot seven times. You've been shot seven times? I have shot once in a while. Well, that makes 14 times. Where are you from, Al? I was born in Virginia. Oh, you're a son of Dixie, eh? Yes, sir. Well, the next time you see Dixie, tell her one of her old beaux was asking about her. <laughs> Mr. Jennings, uh, you were chosen because you have an unusual story to tell us. Uh, just what is your occupation? Train robber. <laughs> really? What's unusual about that? Some of my best friends. <laughs> You're a train robber? You're not serious, are you? Really a train robber? One of the best. Al, I don't want to seem nosy, but are you still robbing trains? No, I retired. Did the trains get too fast for you? The law. By the way, that doesn't happen to be a reward out for you, does it? At one time, there was $15,000 on my head. That's certainly a curious place to keep $15,000. Somebody might have stolen it. There are a lot of crooks around, you know, Al. Come to think of it, Al, your face does look familiar. Haven't I seen it hanging in the post office? Not for 47 years. Well, that shows you how often I go to the post office. <laughs> well, let's change the conversation to a comparatively honest subject like the phone company. <laughs> Where do you work, Gretch? Associated Telephone Company, Westwood. You work in Westwood mm-hmm. for the Associated Telephone Company? Yeah. Is that part of the Bell system? No, we're independent. Independent. What phone company isn't? <laughs> Have you tried to get your bill chopped down lately? What do you do for this outfit? Oh, we take new service and complaints and change of service. I heard the phone company was broke. Somebody told me it was in the hands of the receiver. Is that right? <laughs> Al, uh, let's hear your story. Uh, why, do you, why did you start robbing trains? Well, it's easier than robbing banks. <laughs> Ask a crooked question, you get a crooked answer. Let's put it this way. What made you decide to become an outlaw? They murdered my brother. They murdered your brother? Yes, they shot him in the back. What line of work were you doing uh, before you were a, a bank robber? I just served as county attorney of Canadian County, Oklahoma. Oh, you were a lawyer, too, Yes, right? sir. And that's why you decided to become a bandit? You wanted to go straight? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> well, what was your biggest holdup? 
About $75,000. And how did that happen? Well, I had an inside information and the money was there. From who? An honest citizen. <laughs> well, how did they finally catch you? Did you uh, forget to file an income tax return? No, I was betrayed. Shut up quite a bit. Well, who betrayed you? This fellow who had tipped you off? A horse thief that uh, we used to stay with the prison. You ran around with a fine gang. <laughs> now, what did they do to you after they caught you? Did they, did they hang you? No, they sent me up for the period of my natural life and five years besides. <laughs> and uh, how long did you serve? Three years and four months. And I was commuted by McKinley through Mark Hanna. And then I was rearrested and taken to Leavenworth for five years more. And I beat that out on rid of habeas scrapers. Habeas corpus. I don't mind. Habeas scrapers is all. <laughs> well, you got off pretty easy, didn't you? Oh, fairly. Why was that? Why did you get off with such a light sentence? Why did McKinley... Well, uh... You see, I met a good many friends in the penitentiaries, uh, men of distinction, burglars and pickpockets. <laughs> And bankers and lawyers and businessmen, they had all representatives there. Didn't you hate to get out of there and leave all these fine fellows? No, I really got weary of it. It's too much the same thing. There was too much stealing on the inside. And I wasn't getting my cut. Now, what happened? Then I got a pardon from Theodore Roosevelt. You went through all the presidents, didn't you? He gave me a full and free pardon. Well, Al, it's been very entertaining talking to you two, and Al, I may call on you one of these days. I can't crack open my daughter's piggy bank. Well, so I'll give you a buzz one day on Gretchen's telephone. Now, let's see how you two are going to make out the battle for the $1,500. You run your 20 bucks into more than our other couples. I can't tell you how much they won, but George is going to remind our listeners. The girl from the 5 and 10 and the guide from Idaho are still leading with $250. Here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected nicknames of states. Here's your first question. How much of the $20 are you going to risk? Fifteen. $15. What state is known as the Hawkeye State? Ohio. One answer between you now. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. No, I, I'm sorry. It's mm-hmm. Iowa. <laughs> and you must have robbed trains in Iowa. You should have known that. Remember, you're going for $1,500 tonight. Now, how much of the five... They have five dollars. They have five dollars. How much of the five dollars are you going to bet on your second question? Bet, bet two and a half. <laughs> Betting two and a half. Here's a man who once had fifteen thousand dollars on his head. What state is known as the Wolverine State? Michigan is right, Al. You got in just under the wire. <laughs> you now have $7.50. Here's your third question. How much of the seven fifty are you going to try? Five. $5. What state is known as the Sooner State? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. <laughs> well, you're on the way again. You have $12.50. You're climbing, Al. Is your last chance to beat the other couples? How much of the 12 and a half are you going to go for? All of it. All of it. Okay. What state is known as the Cornhusker State? Talk it over. It's over. Well, I'm sorry. It's Nebraska. But we can't let you go uh, away from here flat broke, Al. Have you got anything on you? Twice <laughs> <laughs> I want to frisk you. Huh? <laughs> 
All right, we can't have anybody going away broke. I'll give you one more question, get it right, and you will win $10. Now, no help in the audience now. You ready? From what state do we get Washington apples? <laughs> Washington is Washington. right. <laughs> Thanks and good luck to the Minnesota Plymouth dealer. And Groucho, that means that the girl from the 5 and 10 and the hunting guide with $250 get the chance at the DeSoto Plymouth $1,500 question. Now, in just one minute, I'll ask the question, but if I say something of interest to everyone... It's nice to look ahead to a summer of pleasant driving. But let's look back a moment. Back to winter and cold weather. Those wintry days of freezing cold and rough driving conditions were a lot harder on your car than you may realize. So now that warmer weather is here again, it's important that you get the expert attention your car needs to put it in shape for summer driving. The place to take it is a DeSoto Plymouth Dealers. Here, factory-trained mechanics will give your car a thorough inspection. They'll check the entire electrical system and the chassis, including steering and brakes, and do whatever is necessary to get your car ready for summer driving. They'll tune the engine. They'll see to it that your radiator is drained and flushed, and the right oil is put in the engine. Yes, these DeSoto Plymouth dealer mechanics will do all the things that should be done to put your car in shape for thousands of miles of trouble-free, economical operation. Well, not only that, at a DeSoto Plymouth dealer's, the service is prompt. The price is fair. So take your car for a spring tune-up tomorrow. Stop in where you see the familiar sign of better service. The sign of a DeSoto Plymouth dealer. And here's the girl from the 5 and 10 and the hunting guide, the winning couple, all ready for the DeSoto Plymouth $1,500 question. All right, here come those experts on the salmon fishing, and this will give you a chance to make a round trip on that river up there if you win all this money. For $1,500, I'll give you 15 seconds to decide on a single answer between you. Think carefully, and please no help from the audience. Here it is. On August 7, 1782, General George Washington authorized what is now our oldest military decoration. It was originally called the Badge of Military Merit. What is this military medal? All right, what is the answer you two have decided upon? The Purple Heart is right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, you win $1,500. You had the right answer, so you win $1,500. And what else did they win, George? 250 in the quiz. That's $1,750. So what are you going to do with all that money? Don't tell me you're not going to get married. <laughs> I think I'll go back to Idaho and tend to my own business, and maybe she'd like to come along. <laughs> well, you really cleaned up tonight. Congratulations from the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast. You bet your life.
Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday night at this time for the Groucho Marx Show, when the big question will be worth $1,000. And don't miss Groucho's television show, also presented by the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America. And remember, all dealers who sell DeSoto also sell Plymouth. Two great cars, both products of the Chrysler Corporation. And when you drive in, tell them Groucho sent you. Good night, folks, and remember... Just be sure to visit your DeSoto Plymouth dealer. Folks, strike back at cancer. Give generously to the American Cancer Society's 1951 crusade. You Bet Your Life, transcribed from Hollywood, is produced by John Goodell. Directed by Robert Dwan and Bernie Smith. Music by Jerry Fielding. This is George Fenneman signing off for the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast.